Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Bar Talk with the Mon Ray, the Eighth Sign, underground hip hop artist and Emmy nominated television producer. And I am going to bring you a discussion based on the topics of my song collection and discography. Uh, today we are going over the song Black Rage. I know that's a that's a pretty hard topic. I chose I, I chose that title. That's a pretty hard title. I chose that title because basically of the emotions that it invokes. I'm not gonna lie. And that's really what the song is about. It's about it's the perspective. It's how I got it's how you get to the black rage. You know, it's how you get to that moment where you are fed up. You know. Um I am going to start this episode with a excerpt from The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. For those that don't know, this is where Lauren Hill got the title for her album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. The Miseducation of the Negro is a book written by Carter G. Woodson and it is still relevant to this day. I suggest you go and pick you up a copy. But it starts out with the seat of the trouble. And the educated Negroes have the attitude of contempt towards their own people because in their own, as well as in their mixed schools, Negroes are taught to admire the Hebrew, the Greek, the Latin, and the Tartan, and to despise the African. The large majority of the Negroes who have put on the finishing touches of our best colleges are all but worthless in the development of their people. If after leaving school, they have the opportunity to give out to Negroes what traducers of the race would like to have it learn, such persons may thereby earn a living at teaching or preaching what they have been taught, but they never become a constructive force in the development of the race. The so-called school then becomes a questionable factor in the life of this despised people. And I read that because I really, really, really like this book. I really, really like this book. Um, I, I, I suggest it. Put it on your book list. It's probably a PDF online that you can find or something like that. But go and pick you up a copy and take a look at it. A lot of the information is still relevant. That passage right there is still relevant to this day, um, which touch, which is part of the reason that, you know, people have this deep black rage. And what I mean by black rage first, let me go over the history of the song and how I you know, what what inspired me to write this song? So it was a point. I mean, really, I think after I turned once I got in my 30s, 35 and up, I started to notice, <laughs> you know, patterns in society, the way society talks about black men, the way that they treat us. You know, it seems that our lives do not matter as much as the next person's lives even though we are human beings just like everybody else. Um, and I felt like every, I literally felt like everybody hated the black man. 
That's how I felt. And I'm not saying like individual, individually, like my, it wasn't like my coworkers and, um, you know, my friends and everybody, but just on, on a generally speaking from a societal standpoint, I felt, you know, it black women, every time that I saw, saw online or read an article, I, all these articles talk about how much, you know, the black family structure has been diminished and, you know, black men are, you know, 50 percent of the, you know, half of us locked up, incarcerated, you know, the other half, you know, uh, done switch sides and they are not helping to further the race. Sorry, but, you know, two men can't reproduce. Sorry, that's just a fact. Um, they're not furthering the race. Um, it. And, you know, you're considered a traitor if you look outside of, you know, your race. And then society, police was, you know, police killing us left and right from Tamir Rice to Freddie Gray to Eric Garner to, you know, going all the way back to even Emmett Till. You know, um, we've been police, society kills us. You know, we kill ourselves, all the gang violence and, you know, brothers against brother. You know, we're not coming together as a people, as a whole. You know, I definitely have some strong black brothers that are in my corner. You know, I got a, I got a couple of strong brothers in my corner and, you know, we solid. But just on a, on a larger scale, the trend that you see, you know, the trend that you see or just honestly the trend that is the story that is told us that told to us um that led me to feel really down honestly i was depressed like honestly i was i was depressed every time i turned on the news or looked on my uh, looked online i saw a black man getting killed you know and it's like it's not it's they blur nothing out. You literally watch it, a man that look like you die right in front, right on your phone. That's traumatizing. You know, that is, that is traumatizing. You, I would see these posts where it's like, you know, black men don't love black women no more. And, you know, all brothers ain't nothing. And, and even though, you know, the thing about those type of, those type of posts and statements is speaking from a personal perspective. I don't fit into that narrative. So I honestly shouldn't let it. I got to a point where it didn't bother me, but it used to bother me because I'm just like every day that I see it, literally every day, several times a day, you see how much black women feel like black men ain't shit. And it's like, damn. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The police hate us. Um, society haters. Um, damn, let me try to, I'm at least a brother that love, I love my queens. I love black women, you know, and they even hate us. So I'm just looking like, dang, where do I have to turn to? Well, let me turn to my brothers. Nope. My brothers, they, they envy, you know, they envy what I got. They plotting on me. They, and not my literal brothers, but my black brothers, black men, you know, we, we aren't coming together like we should and taking the leadership role 
um, that we are. Part because we have been beaten down. Part because, honestly, we don't know how. We don't know how to lead. We don't know how to lead the right way. Some of us never seen it done. You know, some of us never seen it done the right way. If you never saw somebody, you know, love the right way, then you're going to you, you, you're going to love wrong. If you if if you think that if no, if, if we're not fighting to keep the relationship going, then we ain't really working on the relationship. If that's what you were trained to believe that fighting is what keeps you together, <laughs> you know, I got to fight for my love type of deal, then that's how you're going to go about it. That's how you're going to go about it, even though that is a that is not the right way to do it. But that's how you're going to go about it. So some of us were never taught. So this song, you know, the first verse and also it is a song that was produced by Dirty Meth Dopamina. It's off my new Strange Fruit EP, which is available on my website, on all streaming platforms, no matter where you at, it's like 50 to 150 streaming platforms. So wherever you listen to your music, go into the search bar, type Amon Ray, the eighth sign, or just new Strange Fruit, and you will find this, you will find my album, or you can type Black Rage, and you will find the song, the single. Um, but yeah. So, produced by Dirty Meth Dopamina, and this is just something that I had to get off my chest because it was putting me in a really, really, really negative place, and I just, I was getting, I was getting depressed, and it would make me just feel not, like, not being productive with my life, just looking at these murders and all this stuff online, and I'm just like, damn, we can't get a break, you know? We can't get a break. So the first verse, I I touched on myself because I touched on my, well, okay, pause. Um, (laughs) The first verse, it was an introspective uh, perspective, basically. It was an introspective perspective. And I really talked about how I felt at the moment, the black rage. You know, it's it's a it's a lot of cuss words. So, you know, like woke up like fuck myself, fuck my girl, fuck this couch, fuck this, you know, fuck these crooked ass cops, all this, fuck the birds in the trees. What the fuck you sing about? Um, but I I did an introspective, you know, uh, perspective on that verse because I wanted to start out with just all the emotions that I felt. You know, how I felt the world looked at me. You know, this is what this is what y'all tell me y'all see. You know, like from everything that that I see about me as a black man, this is what y'all tell me y'all see. And this is what you think I am. And this is what you think I supposed to be. You know, this terrible person that don't take care of their kids got five or six, 10 baby mamas, you know, multiple kids by all of them, criminal record, no high school education. And if I do, then that's as far as I got. And uh, I don't have no ambition. I 
You know, I don't just I don't respect my women. I don't know how to treat my women. They depending on, you know, Uncle Sam for to take care of them because I'm not man enough to step up to the plate and be the leader for my people and my family and my legacy. You know, um, I'm even even going far as back is like, you know, slavery. You know, they like, hey, black black men, the one that sold other black people, we the first ones to sell out our own people. You know what I'm saying? Like, even going back that far, they say, y'all the first ones to sell out your own people. It was black men that sold other black men to the white man into slavery. Yeah, whatever. They didn't know what kind and it was different types, blah, 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 whatever. But that's the story. So it's like, you come up thinking all this negative shit. Like, I did, I'm not supposed to make it. If I, if this is, if this is what the world thinks about me and I got to fight against all that mentally, you know, I got to fight against all that mentally. That's the first thing that I feel that you think of me, you know, and, and then it kind of reinforces that people feel that way when, you know, people clutch their purse or cross the street when you pass them by or lock their door when you pass by or look scared or run or run or literally run past you or don't even walk on the sidewalk, like step into the street to get off the sidewalk so they don't have to walk on the same sidewalk that you walking on for fear. I don't even know. Like literally, I've had situations where it's like daytime. You know what I'm saying? Daytime. And I'll be walking down the street. It'll be whether it's a white lady, an Asian lady, or whatever. And I'm walking, minding my own business, maybe listening to some music. I don't know. Whatever. This person will literally step into the street, walk on the street until they get past me, and then get back on the sidewalk. Do you know how many times do you know after the hundredth time, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, honestly, after several times, I almost wanted to just be like, bitch, I don't, ain't nobody, look, ain't nobody think about you. Ain't nobody thinking about your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really what I felt like yelling. Like, cause I was, I, I'm just like, I don't even understand that. And it's happened to me. It's happened to me a lot, a lot. Like people literally get off the sidewalk because I am, a, I don't know, maybe. And, and then I, I I tell myself, maybe I'm tripping. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's, some, it's something that's going on that I am not aware of. So then I start looking behind me like, oh shit, is something coming? Or what is, like, what is, did they set a booby trap for me ahead? Like, what is really going on? But the most logical and the simplest answer is they didn't want to walk past me before fear that if they were too close, I might snatch their purse or, I don't know, kidnap them or attack them. I have no idea what they think is going to happen. But that shit really, honestly, those types of situations set you off and you carry that. You carry that with you. You know, I've had, I, it doesn't matter. I've had situations where, you know, whether I'm in a hoodie 
whether I'm in a hoodie and all black or I have on a business suit with the vest, my little fedora, my bow tie, my shoes shined up, all that. It don't matter. It don't matter. It's still people that pass me in a suit that clutch their purse. You know what I'm saying? That that move to the farthest side of the sidewalk when they pass me and, and, and to comfortably pass me and then get right back, you know, in the middle once they pass me. And I should be like, bro, what the hell? What am I? What it what? <laughs> what am I? Am I a monster? I mean, I start pulling out my phone, look at myself in the mirror like, damn, how do I look today? Do I not look as good as I thought? Because these people seem to be a little bit shook. And I don't understand why. Um, So, yeah, that first verse is about all that. It's about that feeling. And that's and you carry that, man. Man, you carry that feeling with you. You know, like, and, and you know, the thing is, it's different. And anybody that's listening to me, you know, if that hasn't had the black experience, they may not 100% get it. You know, they, they may say, you know, well, maybe it's all in your head. Maybe you are creating these situations because you believe that's what it is. But I can't think of any other logical explanations for these people's actions, you know, other than they didn't want to pass a black man on the street. You know, like if I'm walking down the street, if we walking down the street and then you literally just cross the street in the middle of the street, not even at a crosswalk running and have to (laughs) almost get hit by a car, then I don't know what, and we the only two people on the sidewalk. Then I don't know what to tell you. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you in a hurry. Maybe you in a hurry. If you get off the sidewalk and walk past and step into the street, just so you can walk to walk past me. And soon as you get past me, you step back onto the sidewalk. Maybe I, maybe I'm tripping. If I am, I need a better explanation because right now, the only explanation that I can think of is they didn't want to pass a black man. They was fit. They, they were scared because of what media has told you. And, you know, the thing is, it's, it's important to have those those perspectives because I was watching the news this morning in Chicago. I was watching the jam and honestly, shout out to Felicia. Like I, I, I rock with Felicia, the morning news anchor on the jam because she always provide the black perspective. They had a um, and this is a little bit off topic, but they had a um, someone's coming out. I don't know if you've ever heard of the serial killer H.H. H. Holmes or what is it? It's something Holmes. H.H. H. Holmes. Something like that. But he was a serial killer. Yep, it's H.H. H. Holmes. So H.H. H. Holmes, um, he was a man that lived in Chicago. He lived on the south side of Chicago. And he owned a, a house. Ended up being a whole torture chamber. And he murdered like 27 people. Only, what is it, only nine could be plausibly confirmed. Several of the people he claimed to have murdered were still alive. 
but he murdered like 27. So he murdered like nine people. He was a serial killer, bottom line. You know, during the time when the World Fair was, you know, popping and all that kind of stuff. Um, But they coming out with a board game. They coming out with a board game based on his house where he actually murdered people. Like, it's a whole board game. Like, you go through the game and you go through the secret compartments and all this. And she was saying, you know... She hate to make it racial, but why do they glorify, romanticize the white murderers and serial killers? You know, like this man killed, he murdered nine people, confessed to 27, and he was suspected of killing over 200 people. But they making a board game out of that shit. I promise you, I promise you, a hundred years from now, there will not be a DC sniper board game out this mug. You know what I'm saying? Like, that don't even make sense. But it's important to have because her news the her fellow anchors was like, you know, what do you mean? How can you make it racial? But she's like, you know, they romanticize white killers, white men, white murderers. They they romanticize that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like. I mean, Tukey Williams, the leader of the Crips, executed, murdered, changed his whole life. He changed his life, you know, got people out of the games, was working to, you know, change, you know, try to change things. And they executed him. But Charles Manson is still alive. Got, you know what I'm saying? Like, got, got women. Hold on, is Charles Manson still alive? I believe Charles Manson is still alive. If not, they damn sure didn't execute him. I know that right. I know that's much. You know what I'm saying? I know I know he didn't get executed. He may have died. Oh yeah, he died just a, just a little bit ago, a couple years ago. But he died. He was able to live. You know what I'm saying? He was able to live. So, that whole perspective. I know I got a little bit off topic a little bit, but it also plays back into the whole black rage. You know, when you see the contradictions throughout history and they still go on today, you know, a black man can't be a registered gun owner and get pulled over for a simple traffic violation without worrying about his life, without literally fearing for his life. Like, that's one of my biggest fears. And I am not a criminal. Like, I don't have I do not have a criminal record. You know, all I do, I smoke a little weed. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And it's legal in this state now. So, (laughs) but I'm just saying like, but when I walk outside, you know what I'm saying? When I walk outside and a police car is passing me with their lights on, literally all that I can think is, please don't let me fit the description. Literally, that's what I think. You know what I'm saying? Please don't let me fit the description. Like that, that is, that that is so stressful. That is so stressful because I believe the possibility of that happening to me is so high. That is a, it's a real fear that I have, you know, on a regular basis. It's a real fear that I have on a regular basis. Please, Lord, don't let me fit the description. 
you know? And that shit's stressful. And then it leads you to having so much anger. So much anger because it's on repeat every day. Every single day. You know, every single day it's on repeat. So, and then the second verse. We're going to get into the, the second verse. Man, it's about black. And I, I think I went a little hard. The reason I, I did all this the way I did was because, honestly, I wanted the, a little bit of the shock factor. You know what I'm saying? So, because somebody was listening to the song and they heard the second verse. They were like, oh, you like it, women like that? But I'm like, no, that's what they say about me. You know, that I like my women submissive, that I can't, that I'm not, I can't stay, I can't handle a strong woman or I'm intimidated or, you know, feel less, feel inadequate around a strong woman and all that. You know, I'm not able to be a leader and, and, and lead, lead the the pack, lead the tribe into a, a positive place. My trust has been broken. Because of the history of black men to black women throughout time over the last 100 years, ever since the plantation, you know, what does that Lonnie Love say? What black men don't know how to black men don't know, don't know how to be faithful. How would she even know? How, how would she know? Tell me that. I mean, obviously you know, she's probably dated some black men in her life, but I saw her husband in person, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, maybe that's why she got the husband she got. I don't know. I don't, I don't keep up enough with her life to know when she, um, when they got married. But all I'm saying is, don't talk to me the same way I feel about black men that put down black women when you dating not a black woman. I feel the same way about black women that say that. You know what I'm saying? All right, well, cool. You already gave up. Why are you even worried about it? You already gave up on us. So why are you so pressed? Why does it matter to you if black men can be faithful or not? Your husband ain't black. So that's that obviously you good because black men cheat, not other, not other, nobody else. We are the originators of unfaithfulness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, deadbeat dads. Like, that's all you hear. Deadbeat dads, you know, and I, I mean, it's, it's real. I didn't, I didn't meet my dad till I was 26 years old. You know what I'm saying? And the cat that I knew as my dad left when I was seven because he was on crack. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> ain't no but after that. <laughs> but that is not all black men. You know, I don't look at all black men. I don't look at myself and say, man, I'm going to be a terrible father. Because I never had a positive male role model in my life for an extended period of time. No, I know how to be a man. I know how to be a man. Because being a man is just being a responsible adult and human being. That's all being a man is. Owning your bullshit, you know, owning your owning your bullshit and being a responsible individual. 
take care of your take care of of yours you know that's all being a man is but like i would see so many just so many things online putting us down from our own counterparts that is like oh my goodness Black men don't love, and you see, you see all these posts about the athletes that date outside of their race and all that, and you know the thing is that is a very small percentage of black black men, like the top wealthy, you know. Oh no, Lonnie loves boyfriend. Oh, that ain't even her husband. I thought they was married. That's a new dude. All right. Anyway, I'm sorry. I was Googling while I was talking. Um, <laughs> but, um, but you know, you hear all these negative things, all these negative things about, about yourself as a black man, and you don't really start to believe them, but you really start to look at people like, you know, why? Why, like, like this Lonnie, Lonnie situation? Why are you even talking about this? You don't even, you don't even rock with us. Okay, do you? You know what I'm saying? Same way, the same way. I lost my uh, train of thought for two seconds though. But yeah, and my thing is, this is the narrative that they tell us. You know. This is the narrative that they tell us, but in reality, black men love black women. You know, that's the thing. Black men, I don't know if y'all know this, but black men love black women. We actually marry black women. We actually do. Like 85% of married black men are married to guess who? I know you're probably thinking white women. You're probably thinking that, but they married to black women. The other 15% is split between all the other different ethnicities. You know, so really, and just on the counter, you know, the counterpart, white women are like 25% less likely to get married than black women. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just that these narratives that they have told us and have been perpetuated and have been repeated and repeated and repeated over time, we've come to hold them as facts. But in reality, we love y'all. Black men love black women. We actually marry black women. We, you know, a lot of people like, I know if somebody listened to this right now, they probably turned it off. And they like, you know, what does it matter? Love is love and love is love. Love is love, love is love, love. And that's true. I rock with who you want to rock with. Rock with who you want to rock with. Um, I've dated, I've dated outside of my race. I was with a I dated a white girl for eleven years. A long time. It was a long time. I know you're like, what? Y'all didn't get married? I was young, okay? That's a whole different uh conversation. I was young. But we stayed together for a minute. Um, after we broke up, though, I started thinking about my future. You know, I started thinking about my future, my legacy, 
what I want. Like I started envisioning the family that I see in my head. Like what type of legacy do I want to leave? And honestly, I want to, I want to have a strong black family. And I don't care what you say, you you can't do that without a black woman. You can't have a strong black family without the black woman. I know y'all like, well, you know, if you, no, no. And that's just my opinion. You can't have a strong black family without the black woman. So I want a strong black family. I want to raise, I want to raise, and it may, it shouldn't matter to me. My kids should be my kids or whatever. And love should be love. But that is, that's, that's what I see for myself. And I'm not, I'm not even going to almost apologize for it. I'm not going to apologize for loving, loving the type of women that help bring me into this world. You know, <laughs> that's not something that, that I'm about. So, but yeah, black women, we love y'all. We love y'all. But I saw this, I saw so many, I see so many negative things about, about us from y'all. It's very defeating. You know, my thing is like, if you are upset by the athletes that are dating outside of their race and you're like, well, we might as well give up, then you don't have a, a clear view of the whole perspective. You know, and I don't know, I don't know, I mean, I got a mama, like five sisters and their friends, and I got a lot of homegirls or whatever that I, you know, communicate with and all that. I know it's, I know it's hard out there. I know, I know. I know the pickings are slim. It's not a lot of, it doesn't seem to be a lot of solid brothers out there. It's a lot of F boys, you know, pretending to be men, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but there are good men. There are good men out there. And you, so there are good men out there. You just have to not feed into all the bullshit, you know, don't feed into the bullshit. And just believe that we love y'all because we do black men love black women. I'm going to make that a proclamation on this podcast right now. Black men love black women. Um, but the thing is cut off the head, separate the head from the body. That's what it's about. Separate the head from the body. And guess what? It dies. And that's what they doing to us. That's what they have been doing to us. You know, that's what they have been doing to us with the incarceration, the murders and the crack epidemic. I mean, it's known now that, you know, the United States government literally are the ones that brought crack to the hood. Like literally the United States government put crack in the hood. They gave it to a black man. I mean, yeah, he uh, fell for it. But the same shit. That's why. That's why such a level of trust. That's why so many trust issues. You know, because of examples like that. You know, I don't let that change who I am as a person. You know, I still, I love people. I love everybody. You know, I love everybody. But when it comes to my legacy and what I want to leave on this earth. I'm very intentional about that. You know, I'm very intentional. A lot of people aren't. A lot of people aren't. 
And a lot of people going to call me a racist for this, for saying this. A lot of, it's going to be some people that's going to say, man, you racist. That's racist. If you would never date, you know, outside of your race. That's like saying, just like they say, you know, that's, that's transphobic. If you would, if you would refuse to date a transgender woman and guess, well, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm about to. This show about to get taken down. <laughs> I'm just saying. People got to have, you got to let people be able to live their lives. You know, as long as that's not impeding on yours, hurting anybody or causing damage to themselves in any kind of way, you know, then, hey, I'm not going to stop you from loving who you want to love. You shouldn't try to stop me. I had somebody that I used to, uh, somebody used to hit me up and they would ask, you know, about this particular topic. Like, well, you know, and they was like, well, how can you say that? Because that's kind of racial. I feel like all love is beautiful. And I was like, yes, it is. All love is beautiful. You know, shit. I got homeboys that intermingle. You know, that date white girls and Asian girls and Spanish girls and this, that. And I find all women beautiful. I'm not saying I'm not attracted to anybody. I'm just talking about my wife, the woman that I'm going to marry and raise kids with and build an empire with and build something. I have to be an example for my nephews, for my nieces. I need them to see this. You know what I'm saying? Because for me, marriage was never was never a thought. And I know I'm, I, maybe I'm getting off topic with the black, but this is all behind the black rage. You know, this is what leads to it. All these thoughts, all these feelings. This is years and years of build up to where you get to a point where it's like, you know, what the f. So, yeah, I used to have someone come to me and they would say, you know, we would have a discussion about this particular subject after I've come to my decision and I thought about my legacy, what I want to leave and all that. Like I said, I need this to be an example for, you know, my the up and coming generations, because for me growing up, my mom wasn't married. You know, my grandparents died when I was young. My grandma died when I was like five. My other one died when I was, you know, seven. And then my grandpa, he moved away. And my great-grandmother, my, you know, my great-grandfather was dead before I was even born. So I never saw them married. Um, my sister got married. And then, you know, eventually her and her husband split. And... After that, I ne- my the first marriage that I went to, wedding the first wedding that I ever went to in my whole entire life was in 2014 at my cousin's wedding. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I've never seen, I've never seen it. I've never seen a happily married situation that lasted throughout the test of time and they stayed together for X amount of years and then, you know, he passed and she passed and all that, you know? Because my grandma, she died in a, from a drunk driver. Like I said, my other grandpa, he was gone before, great-grandpa was gone before I was, you know, born. 
my grandfather on my hell mama side I just met him like two years ago you know what I'm saying I just met him two years ago I never I never knew him uncles they wasn't around I didn't know married people so I didn't even know it, it just was never even a goal of mine you know but then once I got, once I turned like 30, I think for men, we turn 30, we start thinking about the long view and all that. And then, you know, I start thinking about my legacy, what I want to leave. And I know that I want a strong black family. I'm looking for my Claire Huxtable. You understand? <laughs> you know? So, but someone used to come to me and they would say, you know, um, well, how can you say that? Because, um... You know, one, you've dated outside your race, so you already know that, you know, love is love. And I agree, love is love. Love. I don't fault nobody for loving who they want to love. And I am definitely getting off topic. But I don't fault nobody for loving who they want to love. And this person would say to me, you know, well, I think all love is beautiful, but I think, and then they would go on to say, but I think, you know, interracial love is the most beautiful because it's the idea of bringing two conflicting sides together to form one union and all that. And, you know, kumbaya. And that's beautiful. That is a thousand percent beautiful, you know? Like, I've seen stories where, you know, the old couple, I saw a story, an old couple, they couldn't be together because, uh, you know, racial tensions back in the day. And they, uh, you know, they eventually was able to get married when they was like 65, you know, and all that because they, they got back together. They always held that love for each other. And that is beautiful, a thousand percent beautiful. But I don't see how a person can look at me in my eyes and say, that I think my type of love, my type of relationship is the most beautiful type because of whatever reason. And then shun me for saying the same thing about black love. How does that make sense in somebody's head? You know what I'm saying? How does that make sense in your head? How can you look at me and say, I think that my love is more beautiful and just the the most beautiful type because it's just, you know, so kumbaya and we are the world, you know? But then I can't say that I love black women and I think they're beautiful and I think it's nothing more important than them and I think that, you know, I don't even think I know this, you know, like... Why can't I feel that way without it offending people? Why is black love not beautiful to people? Why is why is black love an attack on all other types of love? Why? I don't understand it. You know, and that's why I say in the song, you know, I I I'd give up all this black rage just for just just for some black love. You know, I don't want to feel this way. You know, that's basically what I'm saying. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel like, I don't want to feel depressed and self-conscious about myself. And then, you know, look on the outside and feel like my counterpart 
has no use for me. No use at all because, you know, hell, I can't provide. I'm not going to be reliable. I'm not going to be there. Um, You know, I'm going to leave them hanging in the wind. They'll have to end up depending on somebody else to make, you know, to to keep their head above the water. And I'm not even I'm not going to be a man. You know, I'm not going to be a man. You know, so that's the thing. That's what this song is saying. I don't want to feel this rage. I don't want to. And it's not like I walk, you know, you walk around angry like Hulk smash all the time. But it's just, you know, it, it becomes you end up have you have to swallow it. You swallow it. You swallow it. You see, you see a video of somebody getting killed. You swallow it. You see a post of, you know, somebody degrading, you know, black men because whoever they chose to make their kids with, you know, ain't worth two cents, you know, and they coming at the whole gender. And you see that thousands of times and you and you see these narratives that, you know, black love, black couples are not. You know, strive not thriving. I mean, I did recently see a report, you know, saying that black more black men are reaching the middle class, but it's based on black women are, you know, being more leaders in their industries. They're being the head of the household breadwinner. So, you know, the 85% of the brothers that are marrying they sisters, just like in reality, not what you actually believe. Um, they are, the sisters are, they, you know, they marry no sisters. So even if they aren't in the middle class themselves by marrying, you know, the, the, the combined income is putting more black men into the middle class. But that even alone, even, and they, you know, they said it as like, oh, this is such a positive thing. But even that re- doesn't put us in a position to where we are owning our own. You know what I'm saying? It's based on, you know, someone else's contribution. And for me, maybe I'm old school, you know, maybe I'm old school, but I want to be, I got to be, I got to be that foundation for my family. That's what I want. That's what I have to have. You know, I got to be that foundation. That's why everything that I do now, I don't have any kids, 38 years old, no kids. And I still, I've been working for the last, you know, what, seven, eight years or whatever. I began, I started putting retirement money aside. I started putting, you know, just working on my foundation. So that way, if by the time I have kids and they old enough to actually begin to reap the rewards of those, I'll have something for them, you know, because I want to lead my kids into the into the world with with a, a huge head start, huge head start, huge advantage on everybody, on everybody, you know, because I already know they're going to be great because that's all I produce is greatness, <laughs> you know, as far as my music and stuff, so. I just know. I don't know. It's a feeling I have inside. And maybe everybody be feeling this way before they have them. And then they get here. You'd be like, this little mother. You know, but right now. And I'll never stop building that. But like, that's why I've already started. 
I've already started trying to start it. I ain't trying. I am building, you know, that foundation, building that foundation for my retirement. One for, you know, when they if I ever have kids and they get here, then I'll be I'll be in the right position, you know, because I mean, I've waited this long. I might as well wait till I'm married, you know what I'm saying, to have some babies. Ain't no use in getting a little baby mama now. <laughs> Ain't no sense in getting a baby mama now. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, but that's what that song is about. It's I don't want to feel this rage. And I know one wants to feel this rage. And I didn't even get to touch on the 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 you know brother against brother. You know, I got I talked about the black love and the rage, but the brother against brother thing, you know, y'all already know. That's that's just it is it, it, it's it doesn't make sense, honestly. It doesn't make sense. Divide and conquer and it's working, you know, it's working to the it's working. You know? So they got us out here killing ourselves. They out here killing us. You know, they make us think we ain't reproducing with, we ain't, we don't love our women, we don't protect them. That's why they can beat on them and, you know, put their hands on them in public places and all that kind of stuff. You know, you done seen the videos online too. Black women don't feel protected. You know, they don't feel protected. They don't feel valued. They don't feel, and that's why I talked about that for so long, man. That's something that's like really hard on my heart. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to lie. Because it, it 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 hurts me to know that, you know, because I am, I don't know, I just, I, I'm definitely, I respect the architect, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, <laughs> really, that's, I respect the architect, you know what I'm saying, and it hurts me, like low key, to know that the majority of the black women don't feel like black men are you know, stepping up to the plate. And I know, and the only reason I feel that way because I know it's true and we aren't stepping up to the plate as much as we should, you know? For whatever reason, for whatever reason, you know, but we got all the information now. That's the thing. It's 2020, the internet, all that. Like, if you can, if we could come together with that, with our spending power, you know, and redirect a lot of the the energy, and but I think we don't know who we are, so that keeps us far. That keeps us, you know, scattered. Everybody, everybody knows the origin of the of the black man now. You know, first we the African or the, you know, Garden of Eden, then the Aboriginal American, and we the original, you know, North North Americans and all that. And they done found Cheddar Man and all that. When all I see is, you know, black people are, we just, we the beginning. We the original earthlings. So, you know, this is our land. <laughs> you know, this is our land, the earth. It's all ours, but we got to step up on who we are. That's the thing. We got to own who we are. And that seems so simple. It's easy said, but that is a very hard task. You know, when your history has been scattered, 
But really, you don't have to search far unless you you looking for like real solid evidence of you want to be able to go to a specific place. But who you are is already inside you. You know what I'm saying? You don't really you you overthinking it. <laughs> you overthinking it. And that's 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 our problem. We overthinking it. We know who we are. You know, we just overthinking it and looking in all these different places. But, you know, black woman, black man, you are God. You are the original. You are Adam. You are Eve. You are the original earthlings on all lands. You know, North America, South America, Africa, Europe, whatever, every continent, even underwater. That's us. So, and that's why it's so frustrating. Like when you see just your people so scattered, it's like, it's a combination. All this leads to, you know, the whole black rage. It's a quiet rage that you hold deep down inside of your soul because you know it's nothing you can do. Or you feel it, it's just too many. It, 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 it's such a large task. It's like, where do you even start? But nothing ever got finished that didn't start. So that's the first step. We got to We got to start. You know, all right. I'm getting a little sentimental here and I'm about to call this, bring this thing to a closing. I just wanted to talk to my people. I got this on my chest. I got it on my heart. It's what the song is about, you know, and I feel this on a daily basis. You know, I I feel it on a daily basis, whether it's a video, a news report or something that I see in real life or somebody that I know, you know, whether it's, you know, like a couple of, you know, just bullshit. You know, hell, a black man killed my brother. So it's like, you know, like. I get it. I'm in the mix. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so, but where do you start? Where do you start? Where do you start to heal? That's the question. Because that's the beginning. You got to heal, then you can move forward. And that's our problem. We haven't healed yet. It's a wound, it's an open wound that. You know, the scabs over, we pick it, the scabs get picked at, pull it off. You know, it, the, the wound rubs against all this dirty stuff. And then y'all want to try to put a bandaid over it and think it's going to be better. But it ain't. You got to get to the core. You got to get to the core. Yo. All right. This is Amar Ray, the A-Sign. Underground hip-hop artist, Emmy-nominated television producer, and this is Bar Talk. This is Bar Talk. Um, I appreciate y'all listening. Thank you for sticking with me. Sorry I was a little late on this episode. I don't know if you even know that I was late, but it's only, what, 11.49 Eastern Standard Time, 10.49 Central. So, but yeah, thank you for listening. Check me out. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, A-R-T-8-S. That's Amon Ray, the eighth sign. I'm going to say it till y'all remember it. Till y'all stop calling me Art. 
Okay? So y'all stop hitting me up. What's up, Art? I be like, bro, you literally have never listened to my music. If you don't know, you've never listened to it. You know? You want to work with me, but you've never listened to it because you called me Art. Not in any of my songs, out of the 10 to 12 projects that I have out online, do I say Art. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Peace out. Uh, stay blessed. Happy hump day. And I'll see you next time. Peace.